NRL 720 podcast here on 19th of July at 9.32pm on a Tuesday night. Reese, putting in the long hours today, hey, mate. Yeah, getting it done, eh? Trying to keep Australia moving. That's it, mate. You only just finished work. Is it, or is this just the excuse you're telling me? You just Did you have a big curry for dinner and your stomach's only just settled now? It has just settled down a little bit, my tummy. But yeah, we had a pretty big day today. Got That's some right. work done. That's all right. What, solid four hours, five hours? Uh, six and a half today. Yeah, fun. Six and a half. half. Well, that's a big day for a plumber, mate. Yeah. I was on the tools today, so the body's feeling a bit sore. Oh, mate. Well, get some stretching done. Maybe maybe treat yourself to a massage later in the week, mate. Get your body right. You, your body's a temple, mate. You've got to look after it. It doesn't get easier the older you get, trust me. Yeah, a few stretches in the morning to get me ready for the day. Uh, Mate, um, good news at the start of the week Waking up to the news Cam Smith winning the British Open The good Cam Smith Not referee abusing, manipulative um, former Melbourne Storm hooker The blonde mullet from Brisbane North Mate, doing us proud Unlike that wanker Nick Kyrgios the other week Yeah, how good Cam Smith Great win It was great news to wake up to Yeah It actually gave me a little bit of energy for a Monday morning He was, uh, what was he, six shots back he was, yeah, he was After a few shots round. back. Yeah, Rory Rory yeah. sort of went to the lead and he was looking pretty ominous that he was going to win. And, um, you yeah. know, I had a look at it on Sunday and I was like, he's going to be going to have a good round to win from there. And woke up Monday morning, didn't see any of it, but seen plenty of highlights. And, yeah, it's best, one of the best back nines of golf anyone's ever played, I think. Well, I mean, the weird thing is, like, you and I follow golf quite a bit. I mean, British Open, normally two under par wins it, and most majors usually do. Like, you'd, they make the conditions pretty hard, but there was no breeze, no weather or anything at St. Andrews this year for the British Open, so it was as perfect conditions as you could get. I mean, Cam Smith shot 20 under par, which is the record for a major tournament, and he shot one over par in the third round. So, I yeah, mean, crazy. he basically shot 20, three great rounds of golf. 21 under par in three rounds. Like, that's just for a major tournament. That's stupid. But, um, yeah, well done, Cam Smith. Uh, my favourite part of that was the reporter asked him afterwards, how are you going to celebrate with the Claret Jug tonight? And his response is, I'm definitely going to find out how many beers I can fit into this thing. Um, and then I saw he posted on his Instagram today at some point. Uh, he said, well, everyone's been asking me how many beers I can fit in the jug, and I'll tell you the answer is exactly two. So he's like, he had a, yeah. had, a had a few I've goes seen. at it, and uh, yeah, apparently two beers fits in the jug. Yeah, I've seen that. And then they said, what are you going to do after that? You've tried that out. And he said, I'll have about 20 of them. <laughs> yeah. I think he sunk about 40 beers for the night. Yeah. Well, that's it, mate. You've got to set the record, you know. Like, put it out there, put the Aussie, you know, terminology on it and say, mate, well, whoever wins this thing, you know, I filled the cup up 20 times and drank it in one night, so who, who's going to top that record? So maybe John Daly's probably the only one who could ever give him a run for his money. Yeah, I think John Daly will help him out. <laughs> it's good to see Big John out there. He's still had his Larry pants and everything, so he's uh, still kicking around. Old John still hits a bloody sweet ball, that's for sure. He's a pure athlete. He is. He's like you, isn't he? Same body shape and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's good. <laughs> uh, mate, also news I don't know if you saw last week. In California, a mama bear broke out into someone's house and actually ate their donuts, and she filmed the whole thing. Uh, something with America, they always have bears breaking into their houses. Like, we don't really have kangaroos and emus and stuff breaking into our houses and stealing food, but apparently in America, bears sort of happen all the time. Reese, what is your go-to snack if you were going to break into somebody's house? Oh, geez, break into someone's house, go-to snack. I'll probably just look for a packet of chips or something, eh? Oh. Maybe a packet of pork crackle. Because you don't eat enough packets of chips during the day. 
Yeah, I'll pull crackle at the moment. I'm I'm into that at the moment. So. Is it that's a yeah, maybe is it supposed to be a healthy chip or something that you've convinced yourself with, like diet coke? Yeah, it's actually got full of protein. So if anyone's yeah. out there, pump a few weights, get on the pull crackle after the yeah, after right. your session, yeah. see the results. Yeah, okay, right here, yeah, mate. Uh, Humi's hero. Have we got one for the week? Where where is Humi? Is he is he doing back to back pods? Humi, I've worked him too hard this week. He's probably asleep at the moment. Oh, you're kidding me. Try to get something out of him, but he didn't reply, and he's probably. Probably choked out at the moment. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. All right, we'll move on to the next segment, mate. Uh, our slogan is run it straight. We actually haven't done it for about a month. Uh, have you got someone that you want to run it straight this week? Oh, with all the talk to be a Pango Junior. Mm. Run it straight at Tino and see who comes off second best. Mm. He wants to call Tino out. I think Tino's got his number, so Tino said bring it on. But I, I can't see Tavita uh, running it straight at anyone. He cast it a fair bit. He does. Or he just does something stupid that gets himself sin binned or sent off so he doesn't have to face the music. Yeah, he probably only plays 20 minutes on the weekend. <laughs> Very good. Uh, mine, I'll, I'll nominate the New South Wales coach or current New South Wales coach, Brad Freddie Fittler. There's been a lot of uh, still back chat and talking going on from Origin from last week. Um, I mean, us Queenslanders have kind of gotten over it and we're enjoying winning the Shield again for another year. But, um, mate, it seems like everything's south of the border. They're still in turmoil. They're still licking their wounds. They're still whinging and bitching about refereeing decisions and things not going their way. And now people are starting to put in the integrity of the New South Wales jersey and people not being there. We'll get into it a bit later on. But, um, yeah, Freddie Fittler just... Shut your trap, mate. I mean, you're a champion footballer. I've got you in my top five footy players I've seen in my lifetime. He, he was a phenomenal player. But, uh, mate, you're not doing yourself any favours of whinging and bitching about results. Like, take your loss like a man and just man get on with your life. Like, what are you going about? You got beaten by a better team, a team that was more hungry and wanted it more, and you got beaten by a rookie coach and a bunch of first-year players for Queensland and just take your humble pie, mate. Go home. Take your loss and figure out what you want to do with the rest of your career or just talk your dribbling shit on Channel 9 that you normally have. Or if you can't do that anymore, then get off the bloody chair and I'll do your job for you. So, yeah, Rick. Uh, just- yeah, well, Origin, Origin this year has kept most Queenslanders on a high. Even for the last week, everyone's still talking about the game. So, mm, mm. Freddie's just got to get over it, take it like a man and move on. Yep, exactly. Uh, mate, big news this week. Probably the, the biggest news that sort of impacts the competition this season. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen, or as he's referred to with most people as Pappy, uh, he is to miss the rest of the season with a torn patella in his knee. When it first happened, I watched the Raiders Storm game. You you knew straight away it was like, oh, this this doesn't look good. Um so, uh, yeah, mate, it's, uh, it's uh, the Storm. They've sort of been struggling a little bit this season than they have in, in recent years. I mean, it's the first time since 2015 that they've lost three in a row. Is this doomsday for the Storm? Can you see them winning the competition without Ryan Pappenhusen? Oh, geez, they're going to have to be – some players are going to have to stand up without Ryan. I thought he'd, either, he'd come back and he was actually playing pretty good. Like last week, a bit, a bit underdone, but this week he actually looked all right to start of the game and – Oh, I don't think the Storm can win the comp now. Mm. I, I can't see him winning the comp. Three in a row, I didn't think they'd lose to the Raiders on the weekend, even at home. This week doesn't look any better for them, and they're going to drift outside the top four, I reckon. They've got four phenomenal players, and I spoke about it with Kerrod uh, last week or the week before about their team is definitely a lot thinner talent-wise. They're very top-heavy with their big four players, and then the rest of it's sort of... They're kind of half-and-half half average NRL footy players, and they just sort of play off the brilliance of the, the big four, but... 
you know, losing guys like Nico Hines, obviously Cheese is leaving, Dale Finucane left, um, you know, Josh Adokar left as well in the offseason. They've, they've had some some rep players leave, some big names. Like, you've just, you know, gone from eight big names down to four now, and now one of those four is out for the rest of the season. So a lot of pressure on Munster, Hughes, and Harry Grant to sort of, you know, steer the ship and lead the guys through. But, yeah, I don't know. I think... To win the to the comp this year, if someone's going to knock off Penrith, I don't think you can do it with three good players. Like it's going to take a total team effort. And you need guys sort of across the board, one to thirteen, that can really contribute. So, yeah, I I do think that's probably curtains for for the Storm this year and trying to win the comp. Over the last few years, you probably think yeah, the year's done, but they always come in and show something else. Mm. Be interesting to see over the next three four weeks how they fare. I'll put the red line through them. Uh yeah, I mean calling it early. Yeah, I just you know. Yeah, they are, but I mean, do you think they can go up to Townsville and beat the Cowboys in a semi? Do you think they can go to Penrith and beat Penrith in a semi? And even if they, I mean, they've got to beat one of those two teams to get to the grand final. Um, I mean, you know, can they beat can they beat your Broncos with the current team? Can they beat your Broncos with the current team? Could they beat now a hungry, hungry, healthy South Sydney with Latrell firing now? Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of teams that are going to start rounding up in this back end of the season, and guys are starting to become healthy. Teams are starting to become full again. I don't know. I just think the Storm are a little too top heavy. I don't know if those three players can carry them through three rounds of footy and get to the grand final. Yeah, I know. I know where you're coming from. We'll just have to wait and see. Mm. On the other note, uh, the team that beat them, the Raiders, great win. We talked about them being a danger game and how they've turned their entire season around before Magic Round. They look like an absolute wooden spoon contender. But since Magic Round, something's clicked. Whether it was you seeing uh, Jared Croker late at night at uh, one of the pubs in Brisbane on the Saturday night or something else has inspired that team since Magic Round in Brisbane. But... They have been playing great footy. They all seem to be clicking on all cylinders. There's a lot of team chemistry happening there with, with Ricky and the boys. Uh, if they do make the eight, would you want your team, in particular the Broncos, to play them? Jack Crook definitely brought some Johnny Ringo's back to the team. They're <laughs> up and about a bit more this year. Um, yeah. I think that uh, I think the Raiders are still pretty beatable. They keep fighting every game, but yeah, I, I just can't really see Jamal Fogarty taking the team far enough into the finals if they make the eight. So he's not a premiership not winning perfect. halfback, as Carrot would call it. Apparently, there's only two of them in the entire NRL. But yeah, Adam Reynolds and Nathan Cleary, <laughs> and Adam Clune. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the, the Raiders. That you definitely wouldn't say there's a lot of household names there. They got Jack White and Papa Lee and a few other good players. Uh, your boy Adam Elliott's also there. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's a workmanlike team. You know, they've still got some quality players there with Topine. Uh, Jordan Rapana, like there's definitely some some good players amongst the group. I I don't know. I mean, sometimes it just takes guys to click. I mean, you looked at the Cowboys team before the season, and you're like, yeah, what five wins this season? Like, there's a lot of no names there. There's a lot of guys that haven't been tested. And look at them now. It almost looks like a, a top two, top three spotters locked in for him. And guys who we didn't even know they were six months ago have turned into legit NRL players and stars. So, I mean, it just could be. Oh the- yeah, the Raiders still got some good players in there. Like- yeah. Like they've still got a good team, but I just don't think they're experienced enough to go into the finals and make a dent in it. Could be wrong. That's just my opinion. Mm. So you'd be quite all right if the Broncos faced them first round of the finals? Yeah, but I don't like Raiders won't make top four, so that's not going to happen. Well, Broncos can finish fifth or sixth. Nah. <laughs> 
we'll see, I guess. Uh, like I hinted on earlier, mate, um, the aftermath of our origin still happening. Greg Alexander, or Brandy as he's referred to, defends the selection, still says they didn't do anything wrong. Um, a lot of guys in the media have come out and bashed the Blues loyalty and their passion for their state is being questioned. Um, was Joey the only one that was pissed off that they lost? Because everyone still seems to be hammering him in the media for it. But he's like, well, I don't know. Am I the only one who really seems to care that we lost? Um, stories of Freddie not calling guys back in the past. So guys like Latrell, Addo Carr, Jakey Turbo, Jack White, and et cetera. Um, those guys apparently played phone tag with Freddie a few times over their selection if they were in the team or not. And apparently it's left a bit of a bad taste in some of those guys' mouth that has came out in recent days. Um, so apparently because, you know, Freddie wasn't loyal to them and didn't give them a crack, uh, maybe, you know, some of these guys are like, well, F you, Freddie. I don't want to play for you in the state anymore if that's how you're going to treat us. Like, look at guys like Queensland. I mean, everyone wanted Dane Gay Guy axed after the first two games. He missed 17 tackles. And then he come out and it was awesome for him in game three. So, you know, Queensland has seemed to be yeah. a bit more of that pick and stick mentality, but it probably comes down to the fact that Queensland don't have as many people to choose in each position than New South Wales. Sometimes we just had to pick a guy and go, you know, please don't get injured because we don't really have anyone else to fill you in that spot. But, you know, New South Wales, I mean, you even had some of the news of some of these guys wanting to play for Tonga and Samoa and, and, and things like that overhead of, you know, Australia or New South Wales. And then, yeah, Victor Radley come out yesterday and said he – now has turned his back. He was picked for game two, not for game three. And now he's basically said, I want to play for England. I'm going to turn my back on New South Wales and Australia and future selections. And as soon as I represent England, that'll be it. I'm no longer eligible for, for New South Wales. So um, has Freddie done this to himself? Like, has he created a bit of a who cares culture with these decisions? Because he kind of gave the keys to the castle to anyone who played for the Panthers or the Roosters, it seemed, this season. And everyone else was basically cast to the side. Yeah, well, I think um, with Freddie, a little bit arrogant, thinking they're going to win all the time, and he does mm. the earthing out, mm. uh, brings all that into it. Billy Slater at the start of the year went through a list of players, rang them. They hadn't even played Origin yet. Like Xavier Savage rang him and said, you're on the radar for Queensland. He rang a heap of young players mm. and said, I'm watching you this year. This is what I want you to concentrate concentrate on. If you do that well, you know, there could be a spot for you in Queensland. Yep. And look who he brought in the camp. He brought Tom Deegan in from game game one this year. Yep, yep. He's there the whole time. And look what he did in game three. Come out and lift it. Yeah. I didn't see, like, Freddie, Freddie Fitler, if you want to have an origin camp, you have Addo Carr in it. Addo Carr looks like he gets origin. He's there. Yep. He's up and about. He, he's bouncing around off the walls. They didn't even pick him in the squad. Yeah. I mean, so us, I, as, I Queen, us like, as Queenslanders. He didn't do anything wrong this year. So he just went to a, he went to a, a worse club than Melbourne, and he gets punished for it. Yeah. Like, Yep. He didn't do anything wrong in his game. He was still just as good as Daniel Tupac. Oh, yeah. If not better. I mean, like, right. I, like, like I was going to say, us as, us as Queenslanders, we, we hate Addo Carr, but when he's, got a blues, oh, when he's got a blues jumper on, we hate him because we know how dangerous he can be. Like, it's like we don't want to yeah. see him. We don't want to see him kicking early for him on the second tackle. We don't want to see him early ball with space out wide and he can put a little in and away on our winger. Like, it's like when he wasn't getting picked, like, we were all like, oh, Thank fuck they didn't pick out Ocar. Like you know, like you said last oh, week. Like no one, no one, no one fears Tupu. Like you said, like when he gets into space, yeah. oh he'll get run down in ten meters. Like you don't care. Like a front rower will catch him, but um, you know, at Ocar, it's like he gets into space. It's you know, it's four points on the board. Yeah, uh, I don't know, they just don't get it, and they can't. 
they can't say they do get it because they still don't get it. No, they don't. And, and hey, it's music to our ears, mate. That's why we've won two of the last three years with a lesser superior roster. So, Yep, worst team in, in history. <laughs> That's it. Uh, mate, who do you trust more at the moment, the Eels or the Bunnies now that Latrell is back and firing? Because I've, I've said it a couple of times on this podcast in recent weeks, but to me, there's not a more natural, talented footy player than Latrell Mitchell. And I'll stand by that. And he's backing up my claims at the moment because he was absolutely phenomenal the way he basically just won that game single-handedly for South against the Doggies on the weekend. But he's been firing. He was another one who turned his back on New South Wales and said, no, I don't want anything to do with game three. I want to focus on South and try and get these guys over the line into the finals. And, mate, Latrell, he's had his injuries. He's had his punnets. He's had his suspensions. A lot of people hate him. But he's another one that... Mate, if he's fit and firing and on the opposition team, you don't want to play against him. If Latrell stays fit for us the year, South definitely make the eight. And I didn't think that'd even be a chance this year. He come back and he's changed that team like Tommy Turbo did for Manly last year. Yep. Hundred percent. Like Latrell, he's just had that much of an impact. And yeah, he's got a bit of the grub in him in different games and he might have a suspension in him, but at the moment, he's definitely one of the best players. And you gotta think, like we've had I mean Latrell's pretty much been out most of the season. Pappy's been out most of the season. Turbo's been out now most of the season. It's like you, you hate to see it. Like these are these are the guys you pay money to go and watch football. Like there's obviously a oh, lot yeah. of other stars in the game, but those three guys right there, not having Pappy, Latrell, and Turbo playing this season, like, you know, you just seen Latrell come back for two games now and you're like, God, we we miss those. I mean, there's stars in the game and then there's superstars. Latrell's definitely a superstar and you just we need those guys. Like, those are the guys you want to see playing in finals footies, playing in big games. Like, you know, you kind of miss them when they're not playing Origin or playing in finals. So, glad Latrell's back. Sad that we won't have Turbo and Pappy playing in the finals. But, yeah, I, I, I don't care who you are. I just – you don't want to play that South Sydney team with Latrell in the finals. Like, they've been looking like busted asses all year long, just sort of been scraping a few wins here and there. But totally, totally different beast if Latrell's playing well. Yeah, and I'm South. I just can't get over how Alex Johnson's got 19 tries already. <laughs> I know. Why does he Why does he always get so many tries? And, and usually at the back end of the year, he always like bags like 12 tries after origin period. I think he's like five tries ahead of the next yeah. closest or something like that. Yeah, I like, don't know. He's just yeah, – it's and he again – He got another three on the weekend. Yeah, but again, okay. it was the great play of Latrell and Cody Walker inside him. It's just like they make everything too easy for him. They attract all the attention, all the defences looking at them. And all of a sudden, no, here's a nice little easy ball and Alex Johnson's got to run five metres unopposed into the corner. Crazy. Simple game plan. That's the type of... That's when you know your team's going well. When your wingers are scoring untouched in the corner and it all looks a bit too easy, that's when you know a team's dangerous. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't know any of that at the Knights either, so... The Panthers' origin players, uh, going back to a little bit to a bit of origin talk again, they didn't back up, obviously, but they still beat the Tigers on Sunday. Um, Brett Kamali came out in the post-match conference and said uh, it was disrespectful, even though they lost to them. Um, I don't yeah. but, like talk, talking to Clutch in straws. disrespectful if the Tigers put 30 on them. <laughs> Oh it's, my gosh, you lost to them. You lost to a New South Wales Cup. Team. Exactly. It's disrespectful that your team and your coaching ability lost to a second well, grade New South Wales Cup team. Were you supposed to lose 50 nil this week, were you, Brett? <laughs> well, welcome to coaching, uh, mate. Your team's shit. Yeah. So move on. Is he still sour that he threw that intercept pass to Matty Bowen back in, what was it, 2005? Oh, it was? Like, 2005. <laughs> I was there. Oh, Jesus. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Cleary did go to Bali though for for the weekend, and a lot of the players didn't even. Apparently, they were told to be away for the week um, to sort of freshen their minds and bodies, which is all fair enough, I guess. They've had a big schedule in the last few years, but. Yeah, that'll been, hurt them in the rest of the year. Should they should have been at the game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Should the guys have been there? I remember Jared Hayne getting well, a bit of flack years ago, it, like when there was games where, yeah, it, when Jared Hayne was, was injured or, or something like that, he, uh, I remember someone said that he wasn't at a game, I think it was at Manly one time, and he was at the shopping centre and some fan saw him there and said, oh, why aren't you at the game watching your team play? And he's like, oh, I'm here buying some new shoes or something. Like, it's like, <laughs> you've got all week to go to the shops and buy shoes. Your team's playing on the weekend. You're injured and you're not even there. And he, you know, he cops sort of a bad rep and had that sort of image problem that he, you know, always put himself first ahead of the team. And these Panthers players, I guess, are sort of copping that same flack. What do you reckon about it? Yeah, I think they should have been at the game. It's a team sport. Yeah. Like, you, even though you got the other... The other fellas want you to watch them play. Yeah, like the the lesser players in the in the game, they want the NRL stars on the sideline going, "Oh, this is what you should be doing here." Yeah, they don't want to know that. Oh, yeah, we're going all right. Boys are over in Bali for the weekend. We're here filling in their spot. If <laughs> oh, I, I can't work that out. Are they sniffing themselves a little too much? The Penrith, do yeah, they think they, do they, they think they just they can win whenever they want, and they've had. What is it, three grand finals in a row? And it's like, do they think they can just, you know, they've won the title once now last year. Yeah, they've they? only won one. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's a lot harder like, to repeat. There's not many teams that have repeated over the years, so. I don't know. I just think they're a little bit up themselves where they jump on each other and now they're going to Bali on that week off. You're mm. kidding yourself. It has gotten to the point where it pretty much looks like everyone versus Penrith. Like, I think most footy fans are sort of just happy to see anyone but Penrith probably win the title this year. So, I mean, I asked the question to you, all you boys a few weeks back, if you're taking Penrith or the rest of the field at even money, who are you taking? I think everyone still said Penrith. Are you still, are you still thinking that today? Nah. After Origin, I think they're going to be licking their wounds for the rest of the year. Mm. Oh, I'm the same. I They still look like the best team, but I, there's still eight more weeks. There's still four more weeks of finals. There's still still a long time to go in this comp, and those guys have played a lot of rep footy lately. Um, going to the grand final three years in a row, you don't see too many teams back up year after year after year, you know, all the time. It's, you know, even the Melbourne Storm, they had all those great players over that dynasty of years, but there was not a lot of times they made more than three grand finals in a row. Sometimes they had two, three years where they didn't make a grand final just because it takes a toll on them sometimes. So, yeah, I I would definitely take the field in that bet, I think. Yeah, if you're giving me even money between Panthers and the field, I'm definitely taking the field this year. I'm with you there. Yeah. I think they're um I think they're a little bit up themselves anyway. Mm, yeah, they could do it a little bit better. Uh the Roosters. Sad if you're a Roosters supporter. I mean, you get the the juiciness of having a sombrero cap every year, but um you never want to see guys get injured, especially major injuries. But this is the third year in a row that they have had two players suffer from an ACL in the exact same game. Like, it's just crazy for something like that to even happen. But to have it happen three years in a row, I don't know if that's ever been done before, but are the Roosters cursed? Are they cursed for all this salary cap fraud that they never seem to get caught for doing every single year? No, nah, it's got a bigger cap next year. <laughs> <laughs> they, I don't know too much about their cursingness, but did you see Joey Martin's uh, little fake injury and get through the gap and score a try? Mm, he did, yeah. He then did, he limped off the field afterwards, but yeah. Yeah, I know. 
can't be doing that, Joey. No, nah, that's that's a little that's a little disrespectful there. You can't be faking. And I really it. like Joey Martin, but I didn't like that at all from him. Yeah, that was a little bit. Yeah, come on, mate. Yeah, if you want to fake an injury, go down. I, go I got, down and then go. A guy did that in the NFL last year, or maybe. Oh no, it was actually the college football. A guy made a break, and then there was a guy coming across and tackle. And as he was sort of one on one coming across, I guess like in a fullback sort of position in rugby league. And as he was coming, he sort of pulled up and pulled the hammy and went, oh, no, no. And then the guy eased up and then he put the afterburners on and kept running to the line. And I remember everyone just caned him in the media for the next three, four days. Like, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't be doing that. Yeah. I don't like that at all. No, that'll, that shit comes back to haunt you. The universe will sort you out one way or the other. They will indeed. All right, Reese. let's get into our round 19 preview. Can, can you believe we're into round 19 already? We've been doing this podcast for, what, 19 weeks now? Well, this is number 21. This is our 21st podcast. Yeah, I can't believe we're in round 19 already, but what better, what better game to bring in round 19? What yeah. fuck, straight up. That's it, mate. Well, speaking of the Broncos, before we get into it, I did ask the boys, um, I said to Karen, I said, if you listen to any of these other NRL footy podcasts, like the ones that are the fan base ones between, you know, for the individual teams, and Karen said, yeah, yeah, Broncos Weekly, listen to them all the time. So I was like, oh, Broncos Weekly, I'll have a bit of a look. Yeah, they've done three pods all year. <laughs> Can't call yourself Broncos Weekly if you don't even do it once a month. Like, they've done three in four months. Leave them alone, mate. They're just getting on their feet. <laughs> Broncos but, Weekly, um, but we do it every about, four to six weeks. Yep. Yeah, talking about this week's rounds, there's yep. a lot of games uh, that actually mean a lot. There is. There is. There's some juicy, juicy games. We'll get into them right now, starting 7.50 p.m. at Combank Stadium in Sydney on Thursday night. Parramatta Eels hosting your mighty Broncos. Both teams look like they're fighting fully fit, ready to go. All the big names are back, especially Payne Haas for your boys. Uh, nearly fully fit. Nearly fully fit. Leg soreness. Sort of back. Leg soreness. Adam Reynolds seems to be main, named in the team. You don't have Herbie, but you got Katoni and Branko Lee, Tessie New, Corey Oates, Jordan Perrar. Your boy Cobo still out as well. So I guess you got a couple of guys missing. That would probably be a bit of an impact, but. How do you think you line up against the Eels this weekend? Well, you'll be happy to know, Jace, that uh, Billy's out this week. Coach's son. Coach's son. I do see he is not named. Yeah, Billy. And your uh, your other boy, Tyson Gamble, he's out as well. Yeah, Tyson just needs a bit of a refresh. Oh, yeah. He's played his his three games this year. Yeah, he needs time off. Uh, Jakey's starting, and I think uh, I'd prefer Corey Pakes to be starting this game, but Hopefully uh, he can get on pretty early because I reckon he's pretty good at dummy half. I really like this game for the Broncos. I think they can win it quite comfortably, actually. In Sydney? Yep. Well, I put the I put the thing to Carrot a couple of weeks ago. I said, can you guys beat an actual team? So, like, a team that's actually going to contend for the title instead of just beating all these bottom eight teams all the time. So, Parramatta, I guess you, you would. I guess on their day, you could say Parramatta is a contender, even though I think they will probably choke again finals time. But... Well, Brad Arthur's getting shopped around at the moment for different coaching jobs, so mm. players probably looking at that going, uh, what's the point playing the rest of the season? Doesn't even want to be here. They do love an off-field distraction, Paramount. I will say, like, whenever they have a bad loss or something, usually they point to something that happened off-field all the time. So uh, I guess they've always got that excuse in the bag. So if, yeah, if Brad Arthur's looking at other teams, then uh, they've already got an excuse. They're ready to go if they do lose on Thursday night. But uh, you think your boys are going to get up? Yeah, I think they will, but they've got like uh, Ryan Madison back this week, so that mm-hmm. adds a fair bit to their team. And I think Junior Paul has had three white weeks this week, so he's probably ready to come back and rip in. But Payne Haas, being being back, Kurt Capel, Pat Carrigan, 
that's just going to strengthen us for the forwards. Like, mm. that, they're big names coming back into the team, and that's a good forward we've battle. Missed, we've missed a lot of we've missed a lot of players over the last couple of weeks. So hopefully our players are back fresh and yep. ready to ready to rip in. Yeah, good forward battle the, both those teams. So it'll be interesting to see who can get up on top. It'd be good good uh, actually uh, see Pat Carrigan and Payne have playing again. They were just one after the other early on in the season. I don't think they've played too many games since probably round five or six together. <laughs> I don't like either of these teams, but. Because I hate your team more, I will pick the Eels. Oh, yeah, that re- reminds me. I was two up on you again last week. That no, you weren't? Yeah. Yes, I was. Broncos and Cowboys are the only two difference. I, tipping. I said I tipped the Sharks. You need to listen to your own podcast a bit clearly. After you told me all the outs, I said, nah, you're no, right. You, you said, nah, you're right. The Sharks will probably win that game. I automatically put you down the Cowboys because you got six, uh, six teams and Cowboys one of them. Right, whatever, whatever. Oh, you on the shark now, are you? Go back and listen to last week's podcast again, please. Go back and listen to the podcast, you moron. 6 p.m. on Friday, the Dragons hosting the Manly Seagulls at Jubilee Stadium. Another juicy game for the latter. It's a juicy game. I mean, it's a game that both these teams need to win to stay in the eight or stay in contention of the eight. (sighs) The Dragons, they they, they have promise. Everything relies on Ben Hunt's shoulders. Um, Oh, yeah. Very heavily. Because of that, I'll probably go with Manly. Manly's got – they've got a few guys back now. They're starting to look a little bit more themselves again. They definitely had a good win last week. Um, their bench looks pretty strong too with Walker, Schuster, Tapao. So, yeah, I'll probably tip Manly in that one. I'm on Manly as well. Mm. This, is the, this is the time Manly will start sort of – the games matter now. Now that Origin's done, no more distractions. It's all on road to the finals. I think the Dragons have been a good good story so far this year, but Manly's probably just got a little bit more experience in the right areas. Yeah, Manly had a, Manly just had a training run last week, and uh, mm. St George had a pretty big battle with the Roosters, so mm. up a bit bit sore. I think Manly will travel down there, not too bad, and get the win. Look, speaking of training run, you're talking about that that night's game. I'm not going to blame yeah. that. The sin been a Milford right in the start of second half cost the Knights a game. Even though it was a two-point game when Ponga scored, like, it was a two-point game. But we saw it in State of Origin. We even saw it in the game with the Storm and the Raiders on the week. I was going to be pissed if the Raiders were the better team. They had played better the whole game. They deserved like they were going to be the winners. And then when the Storm got the benefit of one of the Raiders players going to the sin bin, and then they scored a try, and I was like, this is bullshit. The bad refereeing decision is going to probably cost you know the Raiders a good win here. Luckily, the Raiders were able to get a try later on and, and get the win, but I hate seeing games decided by a sin bin or a player being sent off. Rugby league and well, soccer... You can't knock someone out. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, hear me out, okay? Rugby league and soccer, and obviously rugby union, because rugby league and union are the same, but also throwing soccer in there. What are the sports in the world do guys actually get sent from the field and it is a detriment to the to the product and the result on the field? You don't see it in basketball. You don't see it in baseball. You don't see it in netball. You don't see it in the NFL. Like all these other team sports, you don't see it, you know, it's, it's there's only a couple so of sports. I'm ha- Well, what do the other sports do? If a guy does something that bad disciplinary-wise, you send them off and they can't take part in the rest of the game. But don't make it the detriment of the result because taking a guy off the field for 10 minutes, what are your chances of winning that game? You rarely ever see teams 
actually hold on or win that game of footy, unless it's a result that's already been decided and a team's up by 30 points. But when a, a guy gets sent midway through the game and the game's usually in the balance midway through a football game or any type of sport, and you send a guy off for 10 minutes, even though they might only score one try in that 10 minutes, the, the physical toll it takes on, on the players just to sort of cover up for that 10 minutes and then go another 30-odd minutes already gassed, it's, it, it deters the result of the game too much. The integrity and the result of that game is done too much. I'm fine if a guy does a head-eye tackle or something and it's illegal and you want to send the guy off for it, by all means, but don't make it 13 against 12. Make it 13 against 13, but that guy can no longer ever play in the game and you lose a substitution. That's how it should be done. And if you yeah, are sent, and if, and if you are sent from the field, it's an automatic game suspension on next week. So you no longer play part in the game, you lose a substitution for the game, and also that player can't play next week because yeah, still got to be at least five minutes. No, it's mate, it's too much. We've seen we've seen games this year where two or three guys are sent to the sin bin. We saw it even in the rugby yeah. union. The freaking All Blacks lost at home to Ireland. It's never happened before. And they had one guy sent off and two guys sent in the sin bin in the same game. That was the reason Ireland beat bloody the All Blacks. Yeah, I'm not I mean, they're the freaking... The, 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 yeah, but they're the freaking All Blacks. You don't have to know anything about rugby union to not know the All Blacks are the freaking Globetrotters. They beat everyone, especially in yeah. New Zealand. It's just so like... New South Wales, but when, still beat them. But that's just it. Could you imagine a basketball game? If, if a guy got sent off and all of a sudden you're playing five on four for like the next five minutes, ten minutes of the game, it'd be a joke. The team would put a 30-point run on and the game would be over. Nah, and sometimes you see it in rugby league. Don't be a dirty player when it gets sent off. No, you can still punish the player. You can still be sent off, have no longer part in the game. You'll be suspended for the next game and your team loses substitution. You're still getting hurt. What happens, in the, what happens in the grand final when your, your bench player comes on first, comes on, just head eyes, Nathan Cleary, takes him out, take him out, that's it. Yeah, but you're he still you're still, still playing. 30 30, you're still yeah. You're still playing the rest of the game with one less player. If you do it at the start of the game, you've hurt yourself because you're playing one less player. You're only playing with sixteen. Yeah, you've lost but a one substitution. Less player than your best player on the other team mm. can't do it. Well, it won't work. Someone playing their final game of footy, getting sent out on a fairy tale, and he just wants to come in, take out Nathan Cleary, or he doesn't play. Panthers lose. Won't work. Well, I just think there's got to be something a bit better. I mean, if a guy wants to play in his very last game of his career and go out as an absolute knob and just coat hanger someone, I guess probably someone like Tavita Pankai Jr. would probably do that. Yeah, but. exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, those are the guys you've got to rub out of the game. Like, maybe you've got to repeat offenders, just maybe they've got to, you know, get their license revoked of being a professional footy player or something. But I don't know. I just, I hate seeing results happen because a guy has been sent. I mean, we've seen sin bins for guys that we thought were very marginal. Like, are you kidding me? Like, he well, just, even in he held down, he, he held down like, an extra one second in the tackle. I mean, why are we sending a guy off and now the entire integrity result of the game has been hampered because a referee thought a guy was holding down in, the sec- in a tackle one second too long. Like, you can't determine a game's result because of one second on a play the ball. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but it just won't work. Because mm. you'll get grubs like Tavita just coming out, head on, Oh, yeah. Sit out three weeks. I'll do it again soon. Right. That's what'll happen. Yeah, I know. You probably Where forget. were we? Knights and Roosters? Oh, where are we? Knights and Roosters? Yeah, 7.55 Friday Move night. McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. I don't know. Are the Knights going to win another game this year, Jake? No, probably not until O'Brien gets sacked. And I don't know why he comes out and just finds 
it seems like his excuse is kind of the same every week, but he just sort of changes it. Like, we need to be better. We need to play harder. We need to execute things better. Like, he just – he says kind of – I like it when he goes into his press conference and he goes, this isn't just, it's just not good enough for the fans. Like, we're disappointed. When's we'll he going to – fix it, mate. Well, someone, someone at the club needs to take responsibility. If the coach can't take responsibility for not getting the best out of his players – then someone at the club running the club and actually making decisions needs to come out and actually say, you're gone, mate. You've had a team can that you, has been... Can uh, you tell me one thing? What? With the Knights this week? What? Was Dominic Young 21? I don't know. And not playing this week? I don't know. This is what I'm talking about. He's been that one... Him and Edric Lee have been that, like Newcastle's best players for the last five weeks. Well... That's what you do when you're a top-grade coach, mate. You uh, send a message to the team by demoting the winger. Yeah, but he's been their best player. I was being sarcastic. Like, he didn't want to, you know... I just don't work it out. He didn't want to drop one of the main players in the team and say, you're not lifting your belt. We're going to drop the winger, who's, what, 19, 20 years old from England. We'll just drop him. He might need to go to Bali this week. I don't know, mate. All I know is it's... That, that team doesn't want to play for him. They haven't wanted to play for him in a long time. I mean, we saw even sometimes you got to the, the, the organization needs to know the players don't want to play for that coach. We saw it with Queensland last year. Like New South Wales wasn't that much better. None of those guys actually wanted to play for Paul Green. Like not many people will come out and say it. I'll come out and say it. A lot of people don't like Paul Green. And living in towns over many years, a lot of people know that Paul Green walks around with a very red face all the time. And if you don't know what I'm getting at, it means he probably likes the drink a little bit too much. And he's had a few lippy oh, yeah. conversations. It's the reason Ponga no longer left the club because he had a bit of a, a heated conversation at 2 a.m. in a mad cow after a game one night. Uh, he did it with Michael Morgan as well. Michael Morgan didn't want to play at the club and didn't want to do anything with him. The players were divided at training. They used to have one group over here and one group over there. So, you know, no one wanted to play for him last year. And then all of a sudden, he's a one and done. They bring in Billy and all of a sudden, they go back to winning ways. So. Yeah. You've got to have a coach. You've got to have a coach. Well, where I'm getting at is you've got to have a coach that's on par with the players. Your job as a coach is not just to teach them how to play footy. It's to get them all on the same page and get the best out of your players. He's clearly not doing that this season. So get rid of him and bring someone in who the players respect, someone that the players will listen to. Because there's some bloody yeah, good footy players. There's some good footy players in that team. That team has made the finals the last two years. And they had a lot of injuries and still made the finals in both the last two years. This year, they are underperforming drastically. There's players leaving the club. They just said Tex Hoy's off to the Super League now. Oh, yeah, right. Tex Hoy's left. Like, Mitch Barnett's leaving, another good young forward that they've brought up through the ranks. Uh, I, you know, Milford, obviously, he was a bit of a rental, but he's obviously confirmed he's going. I mean, Jay Clifford got brought to the club not even 12 months ago. He already got demoted for a guy who was a rental in Milford. So if you're Jay Clifford, what do you want to do now? You're like, does this club actually want me here for the future? Like, I thought maybe I was one of their key pieces to bring in on board, you know, but now they brought a guy in who was a one-year rental and they demoted me straight away for him. So what does he think now? Does he Should he be talking to his agent and try and get another club now or should he be trusting that the Knights are going to keep him around longer? Whatever he's created there, it's a complete clusterfuck. And the sooner O'Brien goes out and they clean out whoever's making the decisions there, the better. Anyway, did you yeah, want... Did, I'm a nervous, yeah. Did you want a Knights rant that. or not? Yeah, that, you got one. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the Roosters. It's their best team they've had in a long time on the field. Yeah. <laughs> Roosters win. All right, move on. Joseph Barney, former Morosky in the centres, that's good. And Joseph Sawali on the wing. Daniel Tipe is the origin winger, but should have been out okay. <laughs> and Luke Cleary and Sam Walker back in the halves. So yeah. I think it's their best team they've had in the field for ages. It's good I'm to sure see. I'm sure they're going to put them out. 
it's good to see on the night. Good to see Kiri back. Like he has had his head knocks, and I feel for the bloke because he's probably one more head knock away from retirement. So good to see him back on the field. I hope he stays healthy and can see out the season because he's a he's a good bloke and plays well above his weight. I mean, you and me could probably eat Luke Kiri if we were feeling a bit hungry. He's not. There's not much to him, and I mean, you know, he's pretty brave still going out there again, even after all the head knocks and still trying to you know chase his dream and playing professional footy. So. Fingers crossed he gets through the season all right. It's good to see him out there. But, uh, yeah, Roosters will win that one easy. So I'll put you down for the Knights. Moving on. Put me down for the Roosters. 3 p.m. GIO Stadium in Canberra on Saturday. The Raiders, the surging Canberra Raiders, big win over the storm in Melbourne, hosting the New Zealand Warriors. Do the Warriors have a chance? Nope. Nope. Beautiful. We'll move on. Uh, put Reese Walsh on to the bench. All right. Um, is he? And for, for a player, for a player, Who's leaving the NRL next year and not playing? He's oh. taking. He's over the NRL. Eternal Harvest Reader. Yeah, he is too. Reese Walsh anyway. is fourteen. Jesus Christ. Move this on. This is the politics, mate. The politics. Uh, Five thirty p.m. Blue Bet Stadium. The Sharks. We talk Very about. Juicy we game. talk about contenders and pretenders. Somehow, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks are tied for second with the North Queensland Cowboys. I don't know how they got there, but somehow they're there. And they play a fresh and rejuvenated Penrith Panthers. Do the Sharks get within 12 points? Oh, I'd like to think so, but I don't think so. I, I can't see it. No. I, I like to see the Panthers come out. I want to see how they are after their Origin game. Like Stephen Crichton, Brian Toy, Jerome Lai, Nathan Cleary all played Origin. Athy. Who else? Isaiah, yeah. They've all been getting hammered. Cleary's been getting hammered. Luai's definitely been getting hammered. Crichton and Burton have been in the news a bit in recent weeks. People asking where the whole tie was. Like, they're all going to want to come out and prove a point. They're at home. They've had a week off. They're freshened up. They're playing the Warriors, for God's sake, who have dropped their best player. Like, it's going to be an no, absolute mod. Oh, sorry, the Sharks, sorry. They'll, they'll win that by 30. I'm going to say 16. <laughs> 7.35, a core stadium in Sydney. The Rabbitohs hosting those Melbourne Storm. They're a little bit on the ropes at the moment. The Storm with a surging Latrell Mitchell. They look like everything is firing on all cylinders again. Uh, they're still missing a few guys. Uh, they've got Jed Cartwright, Isaiah Tars in the centres there, so they're a little bit down on troops as well. Uh, Cameron Murray looks like he's made a return to the team. Uh, how do we see this interesting clash going, Reese? Last week I said I can't see the Sharks losing three. Oh, Storm. Storm, yep. I can actually see him losing four this week. Wow. So you think you're, you're buying the Latrell train hype and you think he's going to yep. keep this going and they're going to get a win on the Storm? Yeah, I think they will. Look, the signs have been there. Go. I mean, things have happened to the Storm this year that you've never seen. They've lost three in a row. Um, they've had a couple of teams beat them by 30-odd points each with the Cowboys and the Panthers. They're a little bit – this is definitely the thinnest talent roster you've seen them have in a long, long time. Yeah, like that's I mean, look – you Byron take Richard on the wing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Look at their one to four. Like They're one to five. Yeah. The bench. Yeah. I don't like it. I mean, Nick Meany, Dean Ariama, Marianne Sevy, Justin Ollum, Tyron Wishart. That's their one to five. Does that scare you? No. Not no. at all. So. And then the, the, the halves scare me, but I've got nothing to play with. Yeah. I just think having Cody Walker and Latrell in your team and Alex Johnson probably score another 13 tries. I don't know. 
You've got He's a freak. that is I said last year to Hinchy, I said that is your weakness in your team is your outside backs. I don't trust them in defense because they're sort of no frills, no name footy players. And I said that's where teams are going to target you. All the games they've lost this year and points guys teams have put some some points on them. It's all been out wide in the backs. Like the backs just make bad errors in defense and they don't really man up properly. And you're now asking those five guys I named out to guard Latrell Mitchell, Alex Johnson, Cody Walker, Damian Cook. Like it's, yeah, pray for those Melbourne Storm outside backs because Latrell and Cody Walker and Alex Johnson are definitely coming for you. Yeah, I'm with South. Yep, South for me on that one as well. Uh, 2 p.m. on Sunday, the Bulldogs at Combank Stadium hosting the Titans. Normally, I'd be like, I'd be making other plans at 2 p.m. on Sunday. I'd be like, I'm not watching a Titans versus uh, Bulldogs game. But this one's got a little bit of juice about it. Tino's going up against Matty Burton again. And your boy TPJ. Oh, yeah, Matty Burton. Yeah, Matty Burton. Yeah. And your boy TPJ has come out and said he's going to protect Matty Burton at all costs and he's going to go head on with Tino. So this is all he's boiling over from origin. If I was Matty Burton going to sleep, I'd be very scared because if Tavita's protecting me, when, what's he going to do? Mate, Tino's what? Tino's what? Tino's what? Six foot five, 110, 115 kilos? Like, I mean, yeah. I um, he's, he's, he's got big shoulders, probably as broad as carrots. I mean, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want any part of Tino. So, um, yeah, I'm going to miss this game because before we move on to what I'm going to say, I'm going to tip the Bulldogs. Really? <laughs> yeah. I Titans have been showing me nothing. Yeah, but I don't. I I've got a funny feeling about this one. Like the the dogs have the better. Going to be good enough. The dogs have Carrion? the better team. I just I don't know. I see this as a weird. Tino's going to be dogs fired. Were close to beating the bunnies last week. Yeah, I know this, but Tino's going to be fired up. And Tino's yeah, going to want to win this game. Won. No, but he's going to want to win this game. His entire team knows that he's going to want to win this game and they're going to want to go out and bash them. So you're going to yeah. see the rest of those guys man up and I think you're going to want to see them go for a bit of a blood-on-blood blood onslaught. I can see something happening in this game. I'm not saying Tino's going to be a one-man wrecking crew, but I think he's going to inspire the rest of his shit team that he has to actually play to the best of their ability. I just think there's going to be some fireworks in this one, and I'll tip the Titans for a sneaky upset. Just looking at it. at team list again. Oh, it's a horrible backline. Like, the Titans, apart right, from... I'm going to go apart, Titans too, actually. Apart, apart, apart from Brimson, there's no one there. And, yeah, the other player that who might be the game-breaker in this game, is number 17 for the Titans, Jaden Campbell. Come on, bit of impact. He is on the bench. Herman Essay, he'll try and get physical for maybe two minutes. Um, Dave Fafida, who knows? Maybe Dave fires up for this one. Maybe he busts about 28 tackles and scores a couple of tries. Who knows? You think you would have thought at the start of the year you'd be talking about Dave Fafida every week, but mm. he's been a bust this year. Well, I'll admit that. Last year he definitely wasn't a bust, but this year, I don't know, I think that whole... I mean... I wouldn't want to play for the Titans either, to be honest. I've said that many times this year. I'd rather just take the money and enjoy the beaches, but that's probably what a few of them are doing this year. But anyway, yeah, I won't be watching that game because I will be on my way to Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Yeah, that is our next game, 4 p.m. on Sunday, Queensland Country Bank Stadium in sunny Townsville. The North Queensland Cowboys hosting the West Tigers, who lost to a New South Wales Cup Panthers team last week. (laughs) Uh, The Cowboys... 
Still missing a couple of players there, but it's starting to look a little bit more full. I think they've got their full one to seven, actually. Drinky, Felty, Val Holmes, Peter Hicku, Murray Talagi, Tom Deard, and Chad Townsend. So at least the back line's intact. Cowboys by high, how many? You wouldn't want to be playing a drinking game because you'd have alcohol poisoning, I reckon. Cowboys <laughs> will put a score on the Tigers. I reckon it could be 60. 60? Yeah. Is there going to be a little sneaky Ladbrokes minus 29.5 maximum margin for you on this one, mate? They'll probably cancel the betting. No one can, you can't have a betting market for the Tigers. <laughs> well, <laughs> not, not after last week's game, mate. Like, who could tip them after that? Oh, man, they should have won that. It, mm. They've got some good players in their team. I just don't know when they're going to play. Luke Brooks, Adam Dewey, and Jackson Hastings, they should have won that game last week, just those three players. Yeah. But I don't know. I've said it a lot of times. I don't know if I've said it too much on this podcast, but Dane Laurie would have to be the laziest fullback in the NRL. Every time I've watched him live, he does nothing. He's got talent. I saw, I saw a lot of good glimpses of yeah. him last year. But he does it's... have some talent. But yeah. he's just lazy. Billy Slater and Dylan Edwards, for instance, they pop up where the ball is every single time. Dane Laurie, if someone makes a break, he's 30 metres behind them. I honestly think Lazy. I think Madge being there the last couple of years, I think he's broken the souls of some of those players. Like I really do think that. I don't see any Tigers players play with any sort of fun or exuberance. Like they don't seem to smile. They don't seem to enjoy being around each other's companies. Like I honestly think Madge, especially after watching that Tales of Tiger Town Fox documentary last season. I think he ate some of their souls. Like, I really do. I think I think they they honestly need, like, if they're going to go with Timmy Sheens and Benji and that going forward, they need to, like, basically clean out that roster because I think those players are broken. And, I mean, they're they like... They might need a few weeks in Bali. No, I, th- I, th- I think they're broken like how Benny Hunt was broken after 2015. Like, it took poor Benny Hunt a good two or three years. He had to leave friggin' Brisbane. Like, that guy was Seven. getting... He was getting harassed every... Well, he's been good the last couple of years, but, I mean... Yeah, he was, really, really is. He was getting harassed, man. I was hearing stories of Benny Hunt. He was like... He was at a bakery eating a pie, and guys would walk past and be like, don't drop that pie, Benny. Like, I mean, if you're copping, <laughs> if you're copping that yeah. shit everywhere you... Like, mate, that would break you. And poor Benny Hunt, like, couldn't feel happier for what happened to him last week. Like, that was a redemption story and a half, so... But, mate, he carried those demons and those ghosts for many years. He did not play good footy, and you could tell, like, it was weighing him down. So good on him that he's redeemed himself. But, mate, some of those Tigers players, they are dead set broken, and they need to, like, clean house and just get all new players in because, uh, I don't know, I think those guys as a collective group, they all need to, like, just go away. Like, they just need to disband those team, that team and just give, like, one of those players to each different NRL team and just say, here, like, or maybe send half of them up to the Dolphins and Uncle Benny can fix them or something like that. So, I don't know. There's just, yeah, I think you just got to get rid of, like, all of those Tigers players. I mean, you saw even Lay Lua yeah. come out for the Cowboys and he's, he's played pretty good for the Cowboys in his games. So I was like... And he looks happy, too. And he looks happy. He actually looks like he's enjoying his footy again. He's like, hey, I'm coming over to the Cowboys. Good organisation, good crowd. They look like they know what they're doing, like... And he looked like a broken man the last couple of years at the Tigers. So, yeah, I think they all need a bit of fresh air and they all need to leave Tiger Town, unfortunately. That's going to do it for this week's NRL 720 podcast. Reese, back-to-back pods, mate. Are you back into a normal groove or are you going to go missing again for another few weeks? Oh, there we go next week. You might have to fix it.
It's all right. It's a nice late pod. It's 10.30 at night. It's time to go to bed, mate. Get ready for work tomorrow. Yep. All right. Indeed. We'll see you later on next week.